Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gambardella III, and always joining me, my co-host and best friend for life, Matthew Beal. Hi, Beal. What is I like, up? I like how you tried to match my uh, my high-pitched voice, but, yeah. you know, you hit puberty already, and I did not. Um, so for today's show... Uh, we're not going to talk about puberty, although maybe I can tie it in later in the show. We'll see. But yeah, future episode, s- maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe this episode. I'm pretty quick on my feet. Okay. Um, NFL, wild card weekend, the extra games, the second year with the seven seed. I still like it. I like having an extra team. I like having extra playoffs. I know the players don't. Um, players unions usually against it because it's extra games and they don't really get a huge bump in salary for it. But the owners love it and the fans love it. I love it. Um, but I did not love this weekend. Actually, take that back. I take that completely back. I love this weekend, but only for one game. The rest of the games were <laughs> Yeah, the cow, the one cow game girls, was somewhat good. <laughs> the cowboys, or I like to say sometimes cowgirls, because they just—I I don't know what it is—the drama that they have and the absolute. It's just, yeah, cowboys. That the Dallas joke show. It's the Dallas clown boys really um had jerry Jer- up in jerry's world you watched did you watch this whole game like i yeah. did yeah i did all right so the way i describe this game is jubilance and extraordinary because it's just and repetitive i mean the cowboys find a way to lose and disappoint their fans so often but I All loved in this game with like eight minutes to go. They started showing every Cowboys fan in the game when they were down one score. Every Cowboys fan looked like their lives were ending in the stadium. Perfect scenario. They lose at home. What else could you ask for here? As a Giants fan, absolutely nothing. It was a fantastic weekend. The Eagles and the Cowboys both lost, and I'm happy. Um, and just to just to like put a little like cherry on top, you just like dangled that win in front of Dallas like three or four <laughs> times at the end of the game. Yeah. And like, and there's just that little kid that can't reach the candy. Like they can't get the candy jar. And I don't know. It was just, it was so funny to watch it because like it, they screwed up in so many ways and they had more opportunities follow and they just kept screwing up. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't wish ill will upon other people, but Cowboys fans kind of give a exception 
for me. Cowboys okay. and Yankee fans. I, I kind of just want to see them a little bit. Upset. Okay. Yes. I'll give you this. The Yankees, <laughs> like nobody's going to root. If, unless you're a Yankees fan, you're not going to root for them to win. And I, I want to correct you here. It's the clown boys from now on. Right. Clown boys. In, until they prove to us that they are a serious franchise, you know, we're, we're the giants. I mean, we're kind of a clown show too at this point, but we're not as because we're not as big of a thing and we don't let our egos get to a certain point where half the year we're saying we're going to win the Super Bowl and then you lose in wildcard weekend at home. Right. The expectation isn't there. So yeah. I, could, I could rest easy. Yes, I can sleep easy at night knowing that the Giants will win probably maybe. I don't know if they get to five wins next year. They uh, it depends on on the GM and coaching hires, but we'll stick to this game. You mentioned the dangling. It was more of just, and they run a QB sneak with no timeouts up the middle. (laughs) Nine seconds seconds left. Oh yeah. 14 and then nine once he was down and then they couldn't spike the ball. (laughs) He runs 15, 20 yards before he slides. Yeah. And then he hands the ball to his center instead of the ref. He's been playing football. This I don't know if you saw what he said though after the game, um, but I didn't see what Dak said. I saw what everybody else had to say, um, and that was that like he clearly just didn't know what was going on. And this is not a practiced event in uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And honestly, most of that kind of hangs on their head coach. Yeah. Um, he said credit to them in aspect of the fans throwing debris at the Oh, refs. I did see that, yeah. I thought I, I don't know. I don't I don't like that at all. I mean, the refs are doing their jobs. The refs always get hate and yeah. like for that for you to be applauding your fans on throwing stuff at the refs, that's Yeah, it's messed up. Like I get it. I get it you're mad and stuff but that. I think that's I don't know. I mean, I, ultimately, the fault is on him. Like, like a breakdown of this play, it should have – like, you should have been able to spike the ball. I mean, he oh, could have slid well, let, two seconds earlier talk. and then, like, definitely would have had time. But, like, even when he got up, he had time. It was just the fact that he gave the wrong the ball to the wrong person and wasn't aware of the referee who was placing the ball running behind him. Like, it's, it's a – there's a lot of factors, but but honestly, the emphasis is on the failure of the Cowboys, not the failure. Oh, yeah, of the let's referee. be honest. It's not that just that play either. If he's trying right. to blame it all on one play and blame it on the refs, you put yourself in that position. You were down 23 to 7. Right. Um, you threw – I'm looking at his stats from this game. 53.5% completion percentage, only 254 yards – You'd been averaging 31 points at home per game and 400 yards as a team per game at home. They don't get to close to either of those stats. He throws one touchdown, one pick, and a 69 quarterback ranking. Well, 69 69.3. So I'll give I'll give the point three where the point three is due. But that I mean that's subpar at best. He got outplayed by Jimmy G, and I'm not saying Jimmy G played well jimmy g is is always a disappointment (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah 
but he got outplayed by him. And Jimmy G was like over there celebrating like he's savior to a franchise. Yes. Jimmy G had a lot of opportunity to put that game away earlier on and, and, did and he did not. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I, I, I don't blame him for wanting to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, I think he's celebrating because he's trying to soak it up because I don't think I think his starting days are numbered because they drafted Trey Lance. Um, and there's not nearly as much of a ceiling with Jimmy G. You know what he can bring to the table. Um, they'll probably take the chance on Lance next year and let Jimmy Jimmy walk because I think he's a free agent. Um, I could be wrong. He could be under contract for another year. Um, I'll look that up. But in the meantime, <laughs> really funny game. Just yeah. classic Cowboys loss. Um, the way when it ended and they ran it, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. They're dumb. They're dumb. What the hell are they doing? And Jules was here. Um, and I turned, for those of you who don't, that's, that's my girlfriend. Uh, um, but she was watching the game with me. Uh, she's never watched football a lot before, so she just thought the whole thing was funny. Uh, and she asked me why I hated the, cow, the clown boys so much. And I, I just said, it's, it's just because – they're that when they're good, they flaunt it and they think that their shit don't stink. But when they're bad, woe is me. The world's out to get us. It was never our faults. They don't take the blame for anything. Um, I'm not saying nobody on that team does. I'm just saying collectively as a whole. Uh, but I was screaming like, what are they doing? They're going to lose. Time's going to run out. Hell yeah. Yeah, Dak, you're so dumb. Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy. This is going to be such a great offseason for the Cowboys to be screwed up again. And then after I started jumping in front of the TV, all smiley, she's just laughing at me on the couch. And I jump and turn around and I go, do you want to make brownies? And she just started, she started dying. I mean, it was a, it was a means for celebration, right? Right. Yeah, of course. I, I thought it was very fitting. She got a kick out of it. We did end Absolutely. up making the brownies. They're they're very good. We made too many brownies, so I still have some um, in my fridge. Wonderful. Yeah, um, I'm not complaining. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can quickly sum up the other games too. Uh, Pat's Bills. Uh, that was a, that was a that was a Bills saying like we have the AFC East now. Yeah, stamp on the AFC East. It wasn't even close. But I mean, like, my takeaway here is that the Bills are going to lose to the Chiefs because I feel like they used up a lot of energy to set, like, in a lot of things they that they the way they celebrated this game too. It was like they won an NFC Championship game when really their competition shouldn't be the Patriots. Although the Patriots have, it's like when you take down the bully, right? <laughs> So I think this next game could be a letdown game for them. I don't know. I like when I was watching that game, it seemed like Josh Allen was just effortlessly, oh, eff, excuse me, effortlessly driving down the field. I mean, like, you know, like everyone has seen the the seven drives down the field to start off the game for touchdowns. I mean, like it just it looked like such clean football and such well 
um, designed football, very precise football. There were very few mistakes on the Buffalo side. And I feel like that just might be a sign of like an offense clicking and like the offense has been clicking all year, but like, this is one of their best performances I've seen. And they're sitting out there in like 10 degree weather. So I don't know. I I don't know. I I mean, I'm more confident uh, going into the next game than I was before. I think um, obviously I expected the chiefs to beat the Steelers um, without much of like, you know, a difficulty there. Oh, and so yeah, I that, kind of expect we don't even need to mention that game. But yeah, um, um, hats I, I expected Ben in a great career. That's pretty much yeah, it. Absolutely. Take away from that game. Yeah, absolutely. And like, obviously, I expected the Chiefs to be in the next round, um, waiting for the Bills or Patriots. And uh, I was pretty certain that no matter who won of uh, between the Bills and Patriots, that the Chiefs were going to kind of roll through with that win as well but i feel more confident in the bills than i did like before these games so i mean yeah so i i kind of feel a little bit differently i'm not really saying that i favor the bills but i do think that they're clicking at a level that is necessary for them to have a fighting chance against the chiefs oh yeah that that's for sure and they have micah hyde and the two safety and jordan poirier they're two safeties incredible um, but without Tredavious White, who was out for the season, I don't – those two safeties, if they can, they can stop Tyree Kill, they are built in that secondary and they can rush the passer. But right. the, Chiefs, the Chiefs could be dumb. Pat, Patrick Mahomes loves to throw, but Andy Reid, pretty good offensive play caller, even though Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coordinator, calls the plays now. Just play design – you got you got to run on the Bills that you've seen it before, but Chiefs are at home. They've been beat by the Bills at home already on a primetime game this year, and I think they get their little revenge in a close game. But I'm really excited for it. It should be yeah. electric. You are right. I'm excited. Josh Allen looked like the best best player in the NFL. Yeah, I just yeah. hope it's a good game. Because like you said, this first round of games has been like, okay, I tune in for the first quarter and I kind of already know who's going to win. And yeah. like that, that's what it was like for five out of six of the games last weekend. So I'm just hoping for four really hard fought games, four games with, I mean, I don't care. I mean, even if it's a defensive game, I just want it to be close. I mean, I'd love to watch a shootout next weekend. Um, but honestly, with the teams that are left, I don't really see that happening. There's a lot of good defenses out there. Um, I could see possibly Titans Bengals being a like kind of I, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like that could end up like like in the low 30s or something. I, I think mm. that game's going to be close, but I, it could also rev it up there into the 40s. Who knows? Oof. I very much disagree. I think Bengals Titans will be the lowest scoring game. I, I don't the know. Games. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think know. Derrick Henry could run for 200 yards. I mean, it's on yes. fresh legs. He hasn't run can, all year. They control the clock. Well, I mean, he hasn't run. Well, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't run in 2022. You got right. that right. Yeah, he might have been hurt, point. but. Yeah. Yeah. But he's definitely on fresh legs. I mean, like he's had his rest. Um, they didn't push him coming back at the end of the season that he was, you know, av- possibly available for week 18. They didn't push it, obviously. I mean, uh, and so he's definitely had his time. Trainers cleared him. 
um I, I don't know based on like what i hear sounds like he's he's feeling pretty good so who knows yeah, who it, knows that game could get that exciting adds a different element to that titans team but let's go back a second quickly i'll just you know we'll go through the games very quickly Bengals raiders the first one was a field goal fest yeah and although it was a touchdown game at the end I mean, you the whole game was dominated by the Bengals. Right. Yeah. Hats off I to them. The first way. first playoff win in a while. Joe Burrow is swaggy, Incredible. swaggy Joe. Unbelievable. Looking Incredible. forward to him trying to pull off an upset. What else did we have? Bucks, Eagles. That's all we have to say there. Yeah, we don't uh, have to talk about that. Yeah. That Tom was, Brady got his revenge, though. I mean, the the game with one of the biggest spreads and just like Chiefs, um, Chief Steelers, like the two versus seven seed, which is why some people are calling to not have the seven seed anymore. I don't agree with that because if the Chargers had got in and then the Saints had got in, it'd be a different story instead of the Eagles and the Steelers because there's some teams that didn't make the playoffs that were much better teams than those seven seeds. Right. Um, so those could have been good, better games. Um, and Rams. Cardinals was big surprise. I, I did. I mean, I picked the Rams, but I thought it was. I thought it was a toss up. Um, but they looked legit. Von Miller came oh, yeah. alive. Yeah, that's gonna be a really good game. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, Rams Bucks got two yeah. uh, season quarterbacks and uh, a couple of really good defenses that are starting to show out this time of year. I, I agree with you there. Um, and I don't, for my picks, I only got one wrong. It was Pat's bills that I got wrong. I don't remember what your brackets looking like. I got Pat's bills wrong and I got, uh, I think that was it. I don't know. I was going back and forth on, yeah. Cause I'm not taking the Cowboys. Um, you know that, (laughs) Yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, I can't remember who I picked between the Rams and Cardinals. I wanted to pick the Rams, but I think I recall saying that I felt like Kyler Murray was going to have a big game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we picked identical first round, so that yeah. could have been different. But yeah. either way, all that really matters in the end is our Super Bowl picks. But we'll go back at the end of the playoffs and see how bad our predictions actually were. Because right. I think I had the Bills, I mean the Patriots, winning this game and beating going into Tennessee and knocking yeah. off Tennessee. Yeah. So I'm already out two rounds, but maybe the Bengals knock them off and then I'm kind of close. Yep, maybe, maybe. But I still have my two Super Bowl teams, one that didn't play in the Packers, and then the Chiefs are still alive. So, um, yeah, not too – not shabby at all. Yeah, not too shabby yet. Um, do you want to do a quick little preview? Have your ch- picks changed that now that the Pats are out? Um, do you think the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs? I think the Bills will beat the Chiefs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I know. I know. I was wow. saying earlier that I'm not necessarily saying that the Bills are going to beat the Chiefs, but now I am saying that the Bills oh. are going to beat the Chiefs. And what in the last five minutes did what stumbled across your desk for for research or just what what 
one that flashed across your mind in the last five minutes to make you say now definitely the Bills will beat the Chiefs? A couple of flaming tables and uh and some you know big <laughs> big people crashing through them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that helps. Um they won't be in Buffalo, but that helps. They're gonna be in they're gonna be in Kansas City. You can mark my words on that. The the Bills Mafia will absolutely be in Kansas City. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I, I don't know. I just I love the Bills come playoff time. Like it's just they're just that team that's like I mean, I, I'm not going to call them gritty anymore because they're a favorite. Like they're a good team, the third team in their conference. And so at like, it's not grit, but it's like they wear their heart on their sleeve. Like I just, I love the way they play. They play like an underdog, but they're not an underdog. They have the talent. Um, and I don't think the chiefs are going to overlook them, but like, I, I do think the Chiefs feel like they just belong in the conference championship um, and they feel like they're the team of the NFC because they kind of have been that in the last couple of years. And uh, I mean, I just I, I think that they may not be as prepared as the Bills are. And the way the Bills seem to go into every week in the postseason is just with this tenacity and like, I don't know. Like they, they always have something yeah. to prove and I the think Chiefs this, don't have anything to prove. Yeah. I think that's uh, what it comes down. I to. think this game comes down to mentality. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the chiefs, what they have to prove to me is dynasty or no dynasty. You right. lose, yeah. you don't win a second Super Bowl. You're not on the way to a dynasty here. No. Um, so then, yeah, that then getting over that hump, they got if they put a lot of pressure on themselves, it could help them propel them because they're saying championship or bust, and that's the right mentality. But I think the Bills should have that same mentality, which is why I was a little worried on how excited they were to topple the the Pats because maybe that wasn't the ideal matchup in the first round for them. Yeah. Um, just because revenge, you get a lot of emotion out. You're at home, and now you got to travel to a hostile environment. They'll get up. It's the primetime game. It's the big game. Um, and they'll, I think they'll be ready. But I, I think this, this game's going to have some fireworks. I, I'm very excited for this one, and I hope it doesn't let us down. I, I don't really care who wins. Either way, I'm fine with it. Yeah, me too. But I'll um, take – I I'll don't take, love the Chiefs, but, you know, I'm happy with it, however it comes out. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just took a lot of time to process that. Like, why? Like, I don't love the Chiefs and I can't explain it. Actually, I can explain it. I don't love the Chiefs because I just think they're a bunch of dicks. Like, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. He's a nice guy. Um, I don't like Tyron Matthew, if he's even still there. Yeah, he's oh, still the honey badger. <laughs> I don't like the honey badger. Um, I don't like Tyreek Hill, the man, like, has beat his wife and they just, you know, are fine with it. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not a fan of the people that they employ on that team. And I feel like they value talent over person. And that's not to say that everyone's an asshole on that team. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a really good dude. Um, there's a lot of guys with, with good character on that team. Um, but there's just a lot of guys that I personally dislike and feel like they 
deserved a little bit of punishment by the league that they never got. Um, and I don't know. I just not a big fan, but okay. you know, it, it's, it's personal reasons. Not like, I, I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a good team, but for personal reasons, there's just people on the team that I dislike. Okay. There's people on the team. I really, I just love Andy Reid. I just yeah. love him. I, I mean, love how the Eagles let him go. And then now I've had a coaching carousel even, and then they let Doug Peterson go after he won them a Super Bowl, and they're like, we don't have enough. It's just, yeah, yeah. Philadelphia, I, that, that franchise, and then they still have the same GM, Howie, uh, whatever. I don't know his last name, but they always – there's so many memes on Howie because he drafts the worst wide receivers right ahead. Like he drafted Jalen Rieger, the pick ahead of Justin Jefferson. I don't know how I got to the Eagles. Oh, Andy Reid. Oh, there we go. Yeah. But I love Andy Reid. I, lo- I love his style. Um, he just yeah, looks like too. an exuberant man on the sidelines. Um, Fun guy. Your foot Fun guy, guy. football guy. But I'll take the Chiefs and I'll stick with the um, I'll stick with the hot handed Joe. I, I don't I don't believe if if it's a fully healthy Derrick Henry that changes me. But that first game, he might be shaking off a little rust. I'll trust the magic of Joe Burrow. Yeah, no, I'm taking uh, Titans, but, you know, I like the Titans. I'm okay. a little bit biased. I know, I know. You're <laughs> taking the Titans to the Super Bowl. I so, love Derrick Henry. I know, I know. All right, we'll head over to the NFC. You mentioned earlier Bucks, um, Bucks rams and I'm going to stick with the Bucks and TB12. Yeah, I don't think the Rams proved anything by beating a – of slumping Cardinals team by whopping them. Um, so in Tampa Bay, the GOAT, Gronk, Mike Evans, anybody who can play running back. Right. I'll take the Bucks. Yeah, whoever it's going to be at running back, it doesn't matter. Taking the Bucks. Now, this other game, Packers 49ers, you know how much I hyped up the 49ers. And I right. said, you know what? I got to bite my tongue and I'll take the Packers in this game before it played out. But now I'm liking my pick even more because that defense, Joey Bosa got a little hurt, concussion, Fred Warner, who I think is their most important piece, that middle linebacker in that defense, sprained his ankle. Um, So that defense and another defensive lineman of there, one of their D tackles also got injured. I don't know their statuses for the game, but they just – had a very emotional win in Jerry world. Now a very different environment in Lambeau and the cold. Uh, but what I do have to say with the Niners, they match up perfectly with the Packers. They can keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers by running the ball and they can rush the passer um, as good as anybody left in the playoffs. So barring Nick Bosa is healthy and able to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say the Packers and uh, I'm going to also say because the Packers are an easy pick, I think, here. And so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is going to be the biggest uh, difference in final points of wow. any of the four remaining games. Wow. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for four plus touchdowns 
I could see that the 49ers secondary is not good, but Dak Prescott did not prove that this this week. No, because he's unable to. He's not yes. a good quarterback. Yeah, I I I I don't know where he sits in the quarterback rankings after this. I mean, we'll revisit that coming into next year, but I'm is it crazy to say that Daniel Jones with that well with his O line and the, the weapons that the Cowboys have that I is it what crazy for me and I think it's a little crazy for me to say that Daniel Jones could do a better job, but yeah. I, I think there's an argument to be made like elite, like, yeah, no, there'd probably be like <laughs> maybe 3% of people that would agree with me that he, but I'm saying there's at least a conversation that can be had. Like it's right. I maybe not maybe. really. I mean, it's so hard I, to I, tell because Daniel but, Jones has never had a good offensive line. Um but what I'm so. saying is we had two different backups come in and try to play full games with yeah, us after Daniel Jones left. We couldn't win a game without Dan- Daniel Jones. We couldn't even come close. We couldn't, we couldn't even put up like more than 20 points. We could not look any worse on offense. But with him in there, we had a fighting shot in a lot of games. Yeah, we did. So You're I, right. I I'm saying there might be something there. I think, I think we should give him another year if I was the GM, but whoever the GM is that that comes in, will have their fair pick of whatever. And I won't, I, I won't be like super disappointed if we go a different direction, but I, I think there's a lot of other holes we need to fill with those first two first round picks other than at quarterback. I agree with that, and that right there is the kindest thing I've ever said about Daniel Chance, agreeing with that statement. Oh, boy. Um, transitioning from that, we'll go <laughs> – I'm going to re just make a little point here. I, I don't know if this is like voodoo stuff, but we've had two guests on this show so far, one being your younger brother, Johnny Beal, one of your younger brothers – um johnny beal a colts fan right before they lose in week 18 to miss the playoffs against the jags then we have will dean on last week before the wild card game who is a diehard boston sports fan and patriots fan and the patriots get walloped by their in in division rival and bills so is there a little bad luck voodoo oh yeah like, that's why I don't want to have, you know what? We sh- next week, right? Right. Packers, Packers win. Hear me out. We have your older brother James <laughs> oh, on to test <laughs> out test the theory. Test the theory. I well, mean, let's it's only- let's go for the third one this week. Oh wait, we can't do that. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I was gonna try to think of if I. Oh, I I have a friend who's a Bills fan. But we'd have yeah. to right. we'd have to have another podcast before whenever yes. they play Sunday. Yes, we we can we can find and I have a Bengals fan if the Bengals somehow win. Um, I also have a Bucks fan that I could have on. Okay. So, new Bucks fan if, or like all time Bucks fan? Oh new new Bucks fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, it would I be right that. to to jinx him. Yeah. Yeah. Can we please? <laughs> Let's yeah. have another podcast on Friday. 
Yeah, but I That's don't. I, yeah, we could have a short podcast, but I. Hmm. No, we'll save it till next <laughs> week. We'll let we'll let the non YYSO podcast influence on the NFL this week. But if we do next week have somebody on, I would put five bucks on the team that that the person's not rooting for. Ooh, Gamby out here betting. Just to test out theory. I mean, not right. me. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying to you as, yeah. as yeah. like, just not advice, but just, you know, just a little yeah. wink, wink. Like yeah. maybe we have something to do with it, but that's how crazy sports fans we are. Like we think yeah. everything is just like superstitious. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's it's possible. Um, what the Colts did was pretty bad, and pretty yeah. unexpected, and uh, I wouldn't say the Patriots one is as much of a surprise. I think most no. people thought that they're going to lose that uh, badly. But, I don't think so. That yeah, was not that badly. I think I think both um, were yeah definitely definitely surprises there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That wraps up our NFL. Um, that was a big segment. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot to talk about. I mean, that's pretty much the only thing to talk about going on right now. NBA and NHL and the dog days right now. Um, so, and not really much going on. Not a lot of trades. Although Cam Reddish did go to the Knicks. Um, shout out to Tommy. Uh, congrats. I'm going to text him congrats. I know it's a week late, but I. I forgot to text him. Congrats on Cam Reddish. I think that was a good trade for the Knicks. Great trade. Cam and RJ back together. Yeah, putting the – why not get Zion? Trade yeah. everything for Zion. Trade Julius Randle and some picks for Zion. Get the game back together. <laughs> yep. Um, that would put a lot – a lot of – I mean, and then, you know, Shasevsky retires and then goes and coaches for the Knicks for right. a couple of years. Yeah, and then it course. becomes, you know, Duke, Duke 2.0. Yeah. But that is, uh, that wraps up all of my NBA knowledge from recent C, because I don't want to talk about the Bulls and all of their injuries and be a whiny brat. So we'll go yeah. on to the NHL. I know how you love to talk NHL. Mm-hmm. And that concludes our NHL. So now Black we Hawks. will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I am a fan. Yeah. Can you From name Chicago? Can you name 10 teams in the NHL? Yeah. The Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. One. New Jersey Devils. Yes. We've been to those games. New York Rangers. Okay. The Islanders. Okay. Vancouver Canucks. Wow. Canadians. What flyers, city? huh? What city? Canadians? Yeah. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, fine. I'll what, keep going. What, what, you got the no. Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. You got the Tampa I, Bay Lightning. All right. You got that's the eight. Boston Bruins. Perfect. One more. Oh, one more. Uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. Perfect. Uh, well AKA played. the new. Fenway Sports Group purchase my oh my Pittsburgh Penguins because I'm a Fenway <laughs> Sports Group fan. I'm I did not a, know that. Yeah, I'm that also by wonderful. association a fan of uh, Liverpool. So, oh, all right, get yeah. the hell out of here. 
go go Spurs, Coys. Uh, um, but we'll get to our big segment of the day. Um, and since we've talked about all of the real sports so far, the topic for the day is: Is golf a hobby or is it a sport? Fun. Or we can it's add in: Is it? Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's asked a lot anymore, but I asked the question because for me, I've been asked a lot. Yeah. You've been asked a lot by me in specific, probably. Um, that was terrible grammar, but we'll continue on. Um, because I don't know really how to fix it. And do you want to go first with an opening argument? Yeah. So put this out there. I'm not currently a golf is a sport uh, like fanatic where like I think everybody should call it a sport and think it's a sport. But I used to be that person because um, it used to piss me off that like I put all this time in something that was just a hobby. And so my new labeling of it is that you could treat golf however you want it to be. I mean, it could be a hobby. It could be a sport. For me, it was a sport. I don't think you could put like you know, if you work out to improve at something, or if you practice something every day of your life, or think about it constantly and plan how you're going to play and, and put in all this practice, I just can't see like how it is in a sport when it involves like so many functions of your own body, like it involves uh, being uh, flexible it involves uh, lower body strength, upper body strength, hand eye coordination. I mean, given all those things, and given like, you know, the enhancement of your ability and like the focus that you need to become a better golfer, I always labeled it a sport and it frustrated me when people would call it a hobby, but like for all intents and purposes, I mean, you could go out there and just, you know, slap the stick around, hit the ball, roll it towards a hole and put it in and like be playing golf as much as anybody else. But if you want to look at it as a hobby in that instance, like, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Wow. Wow. It seems I, like you very, matured. you have, I was yeah. just about to say matured. <laughs> that is crazy reading my mind, but what you're not getting here is that you've already lost this argument before it's barely started. I'm right. going to go with my opening statement here and not just completely forget about the mini rebuttal. I just said, cause that was not fair. My opening statement here is that golf is a hobby and here's why for many reasons we'll go to the webster's dictionary which is the best place to start the definition of a sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment while a hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure now Golf is definitely a hobby for most people from the average person that goes out there. It's a hobby because, you know, we're not playing for, I mean, we're playing for ourselves entertainment and maybe the people that live on the golf courses, some of those houses and watching and laughing at us, try to hit a golf ball um, and play good golf. Um, That's entertainment for them, but we definitely don't play it with, a lot of skill that's for sure um and we're not competing for big money and sponsorships but 
what I'm going here with my opening statement is in the Webster's Dictionary, it says an activity involving physical exertion. Now, when I think physical exertion, and for anybody thinking and you want to take a side hobby or sport or not, just keep that in mind, like physical exertion. As an athlete, what is physical exertion? And that's where I'll leave you and we can get into more of a discussion about it. Thank you for listening to my opening statement. Physical exertion is golf. <laughs> that's your definition of physical exertion. Mm-hmm. To me, physical exertion is, is, a work, is a workout, not, not to say like walking miles. Like if golf, is, if golf is played in a cart, definitely a hobby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, walking cool. the course, the undulations, you have to be in good shape. You have to be in a good men- – any way you play golf, in a cart or not, or walking, you have to be in an incredible mental state to go from – shanking a ball into the water to putting a beautiful shot on a ball on the next, on the next shot and dropping and knowing that you're already one stroke behind the eight ball. Um, but I'm yeah, going to stick I'm, I'm with that. I'm going to stick with my hobby here because I, what I, I wish you were going to come out and say, you know what? I'm still, you did. You said you were still, you say it's a sport. It is a sport. To, Okay, there when we I go. Walk that's, the course. that's that's all I wanted. It, for you. It's it's a sport because like in your like description of a hobby, like yes. there are lots of days that I did not play golf for pleasure, and most of the days out there, I am not having a good time. I am trying to get better at a sport that I love because I mean, like like you when you go out to play baseball, you love baseball. But like, you're not just like going out for fun, like, like you're going out to get better. Like most of the days in my life that I've ever golfed, I didn't go out to play for fun. I played out to get better and to get better at something that I enjoyed doing. But it was more so that I enjoyed getting better at the sport and being good at the sport than I actually enjoyed the sport itself. And now I'm able to appreciate the sport for what it is and just have a fun time and go out there. Um, and so now, like I see it as a hobby, but like when I played it competitively, it was not a sport because I, I didn't enjoy every day that I went out there on the course. I agree with you. There's a lot of practice that comes with it, but let just a list of hobbies, things that pleasure in your own time. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of games and you know, my family uber competitive we haven't played a board game together in probably a decade because of how crazy it gets um and board games are not sports but they are games and you always i mean i've been you know i've been bred to just always play to win um and it i'm not happy losing anything so that does drive me but i don't think that's what pertains to a sport and maybe that's just me because chess is a game that takes a lot of strategy a lot of practice a lot of studying you study your opponent before you play them you're on a shot clock but that is definitely not known as a sport i'm with chess being a sport it's called a hobby all right so you you're saying it's so like if you're saying golf's a sport then you got to bring in other 
quote unquote hobbies. Yeah, let's go with chess. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got. Um, uh, what about poker? Sure. Yeah, poker is a sport. It's on ESPN. <laughs> all right that's that's true okay if, if the definition of a sport should be does it make it to espn right and then it's a sport yeah does the ESPN, spelling bee is also on espn sometimes does espn port discount yes and the ocho counts what what more of my argument stems is like the average person so like if i'm the average person and i go and play in a pickup basketball game that's a sport like I'm playing to, you know, to win. But if I go out with around with you, like, obviously I want to beat you, but I really don't care. Like I'll drink my brews. I'll have a good time no matter what. Um, and to me, it's more of just a way to have a blast and, you know, maybe make one crazy shot that makes me want to go back out and say, you know what? I got something in me and I got to go back out the next time. Yeah. I, I feel that, I mean, yeah, like for the average person, um, I think it's safe to say that it's a hobby. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I'll argue I, with you every day that in a certain capacity, it is a sport. And yeah, like, I, you know, you're, PJ you're, start, you're starting to weigh on me too over the years because now definitely I'm starting to see why I have my biases and that it it's a hobby. I wish I had started to play golf earlier. I think I could have been a better golfer, obviously starting earlier, but um, who doesn't think that way? Um, but I've always played team sports and only team sports. Um, so that's why like as an individual sport, not that baseball is fair, but baseball that you have a dugout and your team camaraderie, but it is very individualized. Um, but with golf and tennis and, and track and field, like it's just you and you're depending on just you. Um, and I've never really felt that except maybe like in, you know, when I'm applying for jobs or in the classroom and in a competitive, competitive atmosphere there. Um, other than that, I've never really felt like it's just me, you know. Yeah. me against everybody else mm. so in the yeah and I, I don't even feel that way and because you know I had classmates I have you I have good friends and I have great family behind me so I don't feel I feel like everything is a team and like the people you have around you but I guess is why people are successful but I guess that's why you need a really good caddy to be good at golf so right. Definitely. Yeah. And it's I definitely play better with better golfers when I'm just casually golfing. Yeah. Um, you know, by the words of Jordan Spieth, golf is a team sport. Thanks everybody on his team at the end of every win. Um, and, uh, and I mean, a lot of people emphasize it, but him especially always is uh, there to name the people that are with him. And um, I don't know, as a golfer, I appreciate that because I always felt like it was a team sport. Um, I played better when my teammates played better and, you know, vice versa. So. Yeah. Now the Ryder cup, definitely a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what of... about, what about high school golf when it's four on four? 
Yeah. Sport. College yeah. golf, sport. Yeah. PGA, not a sport. <laughs> no, they're just in it for the money. <laughs> it's just a it's hobby. Just a job. It's just a very, very well paying occupation for right. them. Yeah. Not a sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, my argument's kind of falling apart Sorry, just at this point. Because uh, with me more and more getting into golf and watching it, I think it's worn off on me. Um, but I would love to see what a lot of people think. And I think we'd be surprised if we just put up a random poll. Um, if we had, you know, a bunch of followers, I think it would even out to about like 60, 40, one way or the other. And it would yeah. probably shock us. Probably. So, um, yeah. But that to me, you know what? Do you want to do a closing argument after our discussions and rebuttals? No, I'm kind of good with where that ended up. Oh, okay. uh, I'll I'll do a closing just because I felt like it got away from me there. And I'll try to go Robert Downey Jr. on this. Um, (laughs) All right, Iron Man. Go for it. (sighs) Yes. I am Iron Man. Golf is not a real sport. It it's not, it's not even, you know, just a casual game. It's a hobby at best. Um, and as you've seen through our talks, I may have wavered and said in some aspects it's a sport, but really golf as a whole is not a sport. It's just a leisurely activity that you go out, you play on a grassy field with a couple sticks and a round thing, a little round white ball or red ball now, or green ball, whatever color you want. The fact that there's so many colors and not one ball even tends to show how much more it is a hobby because it's so much more into the aesthetics and, and just the ticky tackiness of things than just the pure game. So can be difficult, requires a lot of skill, um, but I don't think it qualifies as a sport. Yeah, Brains, I disagree. As we've mentioned, chess and even there's like even what we do at work uh, as engineers, some of the coding we do, it's difficult. It takes a lot of skill to do. It takes practice um, and a lot of it drains your mental state, but it's not a sport. And that concludes my argument. And I disagree. But given your status as a golfer and having not played competitive golf, you will not understand until you play competitive golf. Oh, all right. I'll play competitive against you anytime. But I, let's do it. I, I hope it's telling on how I delivered that closing argument that I, it was taking me some time to fill in the words that I had to say there because it was, it, at first it started as dramatic effect, but I was really, I think I did a good job at keeping that same slow pace and that mm-hmm. same delivery. But I was, I don't know. I think if, if I was humbly going to say who won this argument, I would say you won this argument. Thank you. I'll take it.
Okay. Well, one in the win column for Beal. Um, we should keep a tally of these debates because, you know, everything's competitive. Yes, um, but if you want to make a wager on our golf games, mm. I would love to make a wager on our golf games. All right. I'm about it. Okay. I cannot wait to golf with you again. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, but for me, for me, I, I don't – I don't have anything else to add for today's show. I got, I just got, I just got beat in a, in a debate and I'm not even leaving it up for the fans because I, you know, a real game, a real competitive person knows when they've been beat and knows how to swallow that. So I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bill, do you have anything else to add before we yeah. end the show? Yeah, I uh, I got a couple uh, baseball tidbits for you guys. Uh, it was our baseball podcast, and uh, it wouldn't be a complete podcast without that. Uh, biggest news of this week, uh, Carlos Correa has hired Boris Corporation, uh, Scott Boris, to be his agent. and uh, And that's big news because – when I saw this news, I came to a final conclusion in my speculation as to where Carlos Correa is going to be going. Everybody knows that Scott Boris is the most cutthroat agent involved in the baseball world. He gets his clients the best money, the best atmosphere, and, uh, and he's really, really good at what he does. Whether you love him or hate him, you got to respect what he does. Uh, he is incredible and he is very talented and he's got a lot of talent at his agency. And given that talent, most of the time his players end up on a team that one is willing to pay the big bucks two treats their players well and puts them into an environment with, uh, with which they can handle um, given Correa and his ability to handle harsh environments I think that Boris is going to find him money in Boston or New York. And that pains me to say that because I don't want to see him either place. I don't really want to face him. I don't want him on the Red Sox. I'd rather him just go somewhere random. Uh, I'd rather him go to like the Dodgers even because we hardly see them. Uh, I don't want, I don't want him in pinstripes and I don't want him playing at Fenway park. So uh, unfortunately, I, I think that's where we're headed. A lot of Scott Boris's clients end up on the Yankees or Red Sox. It just kind of seems to be a bit of a uh, uh, an ongoing thing. I mean, obviously, he's not playing favorites as an agent. He just wants to get his client the most money and the best environment for their playing ability. But I think given Correa's mindset when he approaches the game and – the markets for Correa, I just I think that he might be a Yankee or Red Sox at the start of this year. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there, but I, I don't think there's a lot of Scott Boris um, clients on the Yankees anymore because uh, Hank Hank Steinbrenner doesn't like to. Oh, not Hank. Why do I keep saying Hank? I miss George. Um, but Hal Steinbrenner does not like to spend a lot of money. Uh, so I don't, that could, and Scott Boris usually gets 
the best bang for his buck for his clients. Oh, yeah, he's going to get the best bang for his buck. So I think the Dodgers yeah, are a more likely fit, which is nice because I don't want Correa, too many righty bats, too many big contracts on our team. I say Matt Olson and maybe like a stop gap at shortstop. Maybe we get Olsen and Chapman from the A's and we just play Chapman at short. That would make me cry. I would be so happy. I love those two players. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give up both of them. But to get even one of them, I'd take that. Um, But that is more likely option. And hopefully Billy Bean agrees with something with Brian Cashman. But, yeah, that's all I got baseball-wise. Got one more baseball. Okay. More important. So as you all know, the uh, the Hall of Fame ballot is out there. Uh, one of the guys on the ballot is uh, yeah, David Ortiz, big time Red Sox guy. We're number thirty four. Won a couple of championships. You know, if you've ever heard of him. Uh, Dan Shaughnessy, writer for the Boston Globe, big guy in Boston. If you live there, if you root for the Red Sox, you've probably heard of him voted not to induct David Ortiz. And uh, I just want to say shame on you, Dan. That is horrible. That is wrong. And regardless of how you voted, David Ortiz will be a first ballot Hall of Famer anyways. I mean, he's at like almost 90%. I think he's at like 86 or 87%, which clears him of the 75% benchmark easily. And uh, we're, like, halfway through voting. I just don't see that changing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just looked up. I don't know how truthful this is. Let's see if there's a blue check mark. That's, yeah, blue check mark. Ryan Thibodeau um, at, at not Mr. Tibbs. I'm giving him credit here. He just updated five years I mean, five hours ago, not five years ago. Holy crud. The, the ballot percentages, Bonds is at 84.6, Clemens at 84.6, Scott Rowland at 84.6, David Ortiz at 76.9%. Oh, wow. Okay, so things have changed since the last ballot that I saw. Um. Gonna make sure before we end this, and you you're feel free to look this up beforehand. But as you know, the 75% is the mark. So right. he's still above that to get in, but very close. So yeah, I'm I'm not worried about it. He'll get it. But yeah, that's that's a lot closer than the last I had seen. So it's a little bit surprising. But now I'm getting different numbers. I don't know. I'm getting different numbers too from from CBS too. It's saying Bonds is 83.6% of known ballots. yeah, and then Bonds is at 77.2%. 
Clemens is at 76%. Scott Rowland is at 69%. So there's not a lot of people above that 75. And they say after the tracking stops, it usually goes down by about 8%. So they're saying the only one that's really looking like they're probably going to get in this year is Ortiz. Off I of sure. that. So I, Hope he does. I wouldn't be worried. Definitely He'll get deserves. in. Um, does he deserve to be a first ballot? I don't know with how stringent the MLB is, um, but I think so. Hats, he's been a menace to us. I mean, he didn't play the field, though. He didn't play both, both ways of the ball. So that's the only thing that would hold him back. Big moment for uh, DHs. And- <laughs> yeah, menace at the plate. Yes, big moment for DHs here. All right. Well, that concludes concludes us for tonight. I love y'all. Have a good weekend. Um, have a good whatever it is. Be safe. Great morning, sunrise, sunset, evening, midnight. Watching the clock hit. 11-11, whatever it is you're doing right now. Be well, and we love y'all. Yeah, love you guys. Stay safe in the snow. And fuck you, Dan Shaughnessy. <laughs>